AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Just a quick content warning before we start the show. There is talk of sexual abuse, gender-based violence, and massacre in this episode. So if there are young ones around or if that's something that you don't want to hear, please be aware of that. Something I think about probably entirely too often is the role that faith plays in my daily life. If you just rolled your eyes, know that I don't mean this sentimentally. I mean a more practical faith. You know, the kind that gives me confidence to walk out into this world full of natural disaster and human apathy. The one that keeps me from refusing to ever take risks and that doesn't let my anxiety take over every time it wants to. The trust that I have every time I hop behind the wheel of my car or in the passenger seat of someone else's. Maybe that word doesn't seem like it fits into a conversation about people who challenged norms, thought unconventionally, analyzed problems and found solutions, or led revolutions with strategy and common sense. The word faith is bedfellows with terms like optimism, fate, surrender, belief, so on and so forth. Basically, words that when used together can make me seem like I'm trying to sell some sort of snake oil. Ones that can make it seem like logic and planning have no place here and all we need to get things done is the one and only the reliable faith. But I don't think the people we talk about here on Unpopular would have the same stories if some degree of faith wasn't part of their story. If they didn't believe that what they were doing would make some sort of meaningful difference, or they didn't trust that their movements had a chance of succeeding. For folks betting on a revolution or a complete reversal in society's way of being or thinking, there may be no one-to-one precedent for the changes they're trying to make. That means that they may have to believe in an outcome for which there is no proof. 
There may be doubts or adjustments along the way. But challenging a status quo requires a person to envision a different future and to have conviction that the charge they're leading will help steer society in that direction. I'd say that pursuing a goal or publicly supporting an idea so radical or exceptional that people may shun you or view you as a threat takes a leap of faith. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and this is Unpopular, a podcast about people in history who didn't let the threat of persecution keep them from speaking truth to power. Today, we turn our attention to the Mirabal sisters. Patria, Minerva, Maria Teresa, and Dede are collectively known as the Mirabal sisters. They were born in the 1920s and 1930s in the Dominican Republic, a Caribbean country that borders Haiti on the island of Hispaniola. The United States occupied the Dominican Republic from 1916 until 1924, the year that the oldest Mirabal sister, Patria, was born. That same year, the U.S. began withdrawing from the country, and Horacio Vasquez was elected president of the Dominican Republic with the backing of the United States. I'm leaving out a lot of history here, but over the years, Hispaniola was the object of imperial lust, a place of strategic and economic importance, a site of racist violence, a breeding ground for rebellion and revolution, and an island where political and economic instability were normal. So we arrive at Vasquez's presidency. He took office in October of 1924 and held on to it until 1930, after having extended the presidential term to six years rather than four. His administration was corrupt and ineffective, and people began to call for his ouster. As the 1930 elections approached, Rafael Estrella Ureña took power as provisional president, and Vasquez went into exile. General Rafael Leonidas Trujillo Molina then won the presidential election as the only candidate, as he had forced the other candidates out of the election through intimidation and harassment. Estrella was named vice president. Trujillo ruled the Dominican Republic as a dictator until 1961. Under his regime, the press was censored and dissenters were tortured and killed. He appointed family members to important offices. He controlled pretty much every part of society, including entertainment and education. He even renamed the capital and landmarks after himself, and he accumulated wealth by securing commissions on public works projects and taking ownership of land, airlines, and manufacturers. He even called for the massacre of thousands of Haitians and Dominicans of Haitian descent along the Dominican-Haitian border. Despite Trujillo's oppressive totalitarian and brutal regime, he built an image as a nationalist, upholder of Dominican values, and a messiah who people feared yet admired. He did bring a modicum of political and economic stability to the country, though I'm saying this with the huge asterisk that in no way cancels out all the abuse, poverty, human rights violations, violence, and corruption rampant in the administration. It was under this regime that the Mirabal sisters lived. They were born in Ojo de Agua, a town in Salcedo in the Dominican Republic. Their parents were Enrique and Mercedes Mirabal, and they were part of a relatively well-to-do middle-class family. The four sisters attended the Colegio Immaculada Concepcion, a Catholic boarding school in La Vega. They all married and had children. Maria Teresa studied math at the University of Santo Domingo, and Minerva studied law at the same university. 
In October of 1949, Trujillo held a party at his mansion in San Cristobal. The mayor of their town personally delivered the Mirabal sisters' invitation to the party to them, so they felt obliged to go. Minerva had caught Trujillo's attention and he approached her, but she rejected his advances. Trujillo's sexual abuse of women was well known. He married three times and had mistresses. He had people go out and find young women and bring them back to him to stay a night or longer so he could rape them. Dominican families would make their daughters hide when he was in town. So needless to say, her rejections did not go over well with Trujillo. The Mirabal sisters' father was soon imprisoned, and he died soon after he was released. Minerva and her mother were held hostage in a hotel in Santo Domingo, only to be released if Minerva slept with Trujillo. Though she refused, they eventually escaped. But Trujillo's quest for vengeance did not end there. Minerva's rejections led Trujillo to wage a vendetta against the Mirabals. The family was put under surveillance by the government and dinged for even the tiniest reported slights against Trujillo. People in contact with them were locked up or brutalized. Minerva was not allowed to go back to school and put under arrest in her parents' house for three years, during which time she wrote poetry about social issues in the Dominican Republic. In 1957, she was allowed to return to law school if she praised Trujillo and his leadership. She did so and ended up graduating summa cum laude. Still, she was refused a license to practice law. Between the abuse they had suffered personally at the hands of Trujillo, the atrocities they saw him commit against other people, and the inspiration they received from the Cuban Revolution, the Mirabal sisters were moved to join the movement against the dictator. When a group of Dominican exiles who trained in Cuba with Fidel Castro's support returned to the Dominican Republic in 1959 to topple Trujillo's dictatorship, the activism of the Mirabal sisters, along with many other Dominican people, was kicked into high gear. We'll be back after this quick break. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. History repeats itself. We hear this phrase a lot, a statement repeated as a hard fact, undeniable. It's clear in war, in fashion, but there are a lot of things in history we can largely agree that we don't want to repeat. The Black Death, for instance. Yet things that happen are often things we don't want to happen. When someone dissents and attempts to incite drastic or at least meaningful change, they can work super hard to reach that goal and still not attain the success they'd hoped for. Hope, desire, and belief don't get the job done alone. But sometimes it can feel like we're in a hamster wheel, like we're stuck in a vicious cycle of oppression, like even when we take two steps forward, we're taking more backward. How hard is it to maintain any sort of sense of things being better or even different when things have been bad for a long time? Or what is the point in imagining a future at all? Hopelessness, cynicism about the future, and settling for less can set in easily. But hope could be a starting point. By that, I mean the ability to see beyond the current state of things and belief in the simple possibility for change at some point comes before action that drives change. Rather than thinking of hope as a crutch of the naive, gullible, or innocent, maybe it's better to think about it as a necessary part of empowering people to think differently and consider political or cultural shifts they couldn't have fathomed before. By the end of the 1950s, resentment of Trujillo had reached a peak and people were planning attempts to overthrow the regime. Minerva Mirabal was the first of the sisters to become active in the fight against the dictatorship, even though it was dangerous business. She befriended Pericles Franco Ornes, who founded the Popular Socialist Party and had been imprisoned for his opposition to Trujillo. She was also drawn to leftist literature and intercepted radio stations out of Cuba and Venezuela that discussed politics in the Dominican Republic. Fidel Castro's leadership and the Cuban Revolution, which ended on January 1, 1959, with Cuban dictator Fulgencio Batista fleeing to the Dominican Republic, helped inspire hope in Dominican people who wished to fight Trujillo's oppressive rule. Minerva, Maria Teresa, and their husbands spoke of launching a national resistance movement against Trujillo. Dominican exiles in Cuba had organized in Cuba and trained in military guerrilla tactics with the intent of overthrowing Trujillo. On June 14, 1959, a Dominican named Enrique Jimenez Moya led a group of insurrectionists who landed in several Dominican cities. 
Besides Dominicans, Cubans, Spaniards, Puerto Ricans, Venezuelans, and Americans also took part in the insurrection. But the Dominican Republic had been given a heads up for the attack, and the army and air force shut it down. Most of the people who participated in the uprising were killed, and many were tortured in prison. This uprising was the namesake for the 14 de Junio movement, or 14th of June movement, also known as 1J4 or 14J. Though the attempt to overthrow Trujillo had been unsuccessful, people in the Dominican Republic were stirring up rebellion. The Mirabal sisters and their husbands helped form the 14th of June movement a year after the revolutionaries' victory in the Cuban Revolution. Manolo Tavares Justo, a lawyer and Minerva's husband, was the president of the group. Leandro Guzman, Maria Teresa's husband, was named treasurer. Many of the people involved in the movement, including peasants, factory workers, the wealthy, and intellectuals, were from Puerto Plata, an industrial northern city. Trujillo flexed his muscle against the city by cutting off rail services to the area and isolating its shipping ports. Many of the people in the movement were also members of prominent families and relatives of Trujillo himself. Despite Trujillo's attempts to suppress his opposition, criticism and defiance of the dictator and his policies only grew. We're going to take a quick break. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. The Mirabal sisters and their husbands began organizing the resistance. They got hundreds of people to pass out pamphlets detailing the crimes the regime had committed. They began gathering guns and bombs. And through their work in the resistance, they were incarcerated several times. The sisters were given the underground name Las Mariposas, or in English, the Butterflies. The movement planned to assassinate Trujillo using a bomb at a cattle fair on January 21, 1960. But the plan was foiled when the Servicio de Inteligencia Militar, or Military Intelligence Service, rounded up supporters of the movement the day before the assassination was supposed to happen. Trujillo's regime arrested and tortured people, brutality that many people rejected. Minerva and Maria Teresa, their husbands and Patria's husband, named Pedro Gonzalez, were jailed. The Catholic Church protested the witch hunt and denounced the dictatorship. But despite all the atrocities Trujillo had already been complicit in, it took Trujillo attempting to assassinate Venezuelan President Romulo Betancourt before other nations decided to draw the line. Betancourt was vehemently anti-Trujillo, and Trujillo had tried to have him overthrown many times before. Regardless, when Trujillo's people put a bunch of dynamite in a car that exploded and injured Betancourt and killed a person, the Organization of American States condemned his regime's actions, imposed sanctions, and sent representatives to Dominican jails on a fact-finding mission. Because of this investigation, many women prisoners were freed, including the Mirabals. Their husbands were sent to a prison in Puerto Plata. Trujillo responded to his growing opposition and his sworn enemies, the Mirabals, with vengeance. He made it clear that the Catholic Church and the Mirabal sisters were his main foes, problems that he needed to get rid of. When it came to the Mirabal sisters, that meant death. Friends of the sisters warned them not to visit their husbands in prison. But even though they knew the visits were dangerous, they had already made the trip to the North Coast without any problems. They had even decided that they were going to rent a house in Puerto Plata so they could be closer to their husbands. On November 25, 1960, Patria, Maria Teresa, and Minerva were leaving Puerto Plata after visiting their husbands in prison. As they drove down a desolate road, some of Trujillo's agents ordered their driver to stop. Patria was able to get out of their Jeep and tell a passing truck driver that the agents were about to murder them and told him to send word to the Mirabal family in their hometown. But the agents beat the sisters and their driver, strangled them, and put them back in the Jeep, pushing it over a cliff to make it look like an accident. Dede, who was the least politically engaged of the four sisters and who had not been in the car at the time of the assassination, was the only surviving sister. It didn't take long for news of the assassinations to spread. 
It was pretty obvious that the deaths were not an accident, but murder ordered by Trujillo. There were reportedly still fingerprints on their necks where they had been strangled when they were brought into a hospital for autopsy. The assassinations intensified resistance in the Dominican Republic even more, not the effect that Trujillo had intended. On May 30th, 1961, Trujillo was ambushed as he was heading home and killed. Some of the people who murdered him were part of his armed forces. The assassins who killed the Mirabal sisters went to trial in 1962. They were sentenced to 20 to 30 years of hard labor, but they did not serve out their sentences as they had escaped from prison during the Dominican Civil War of 1965. Dede ensured the persistence of her sister's legacy and helped raise their children. Minerva, Maria Teresa, and Patria died tragically under the thumb of a cruel dictatorship that they risked their lives to subvert. They mobilized women to join the resistance movement. They injected a sense of hope for social and political progress into the Dominican people, though the rule that followed their deaths was nowhere near revolutionary. But the Mirabal sisters stand as a model for middle and upper-class young folks who wish to reject silence and complacency in favor of action and optimistic resistance when rebellion is necessary. The Mirabal sisters weren't the only people who took part in the 14th of June movement or the resistance against Trujillo's dictatorship. Though they played a major role in the road toward Trujillo's downfall, it wasn't their actions alone that put an end to the oppressive regime. I don't say that to diminish the importance of their leadership and movement work. I'd just like to acknowledge the huge amount of work and people it takes to transform or tear down massive establishments. But one person's actions can have a ripple effect. It is definitely easy to just accept things as they are a lot of the time. That's the case when issues don't directly affect us or when they do directly benefit us. When we don't have enough knowledge of an issue or have not taken the time to research it and are not emotionally affected by it. When the prospect of harsh punishment seems too scary. When we don't know what the outcome of a challenge would be, so we don't want to risk putting in the work. When something seems so impossible to change that it doesn't seem worth putting any effort into it. The Mirabal sisters and all the other Dominicans who resisted the regime were up against a dictatorship that stripped away civil liberties and killed people ruthlessly, and that did so while exalting itself. They could not and did not accept the way things were, even though the terrorism that surrounded them was a constant reminder of the horrible consequences their actions could have. Trujillo was in power for 31 years, and those years were characterized by a lot of violence and death. The Mirabal sisters' activism not only ignited an effective movement, but also showed that a life without violence was within the realm of possibility and influenced later activists to strive for liberation. They helped make the other side conceivable. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week with another episode of Unpopular. Our producer is Andrew Howard. Holly Fry and Christopher Hasiotis are our executive producers, and you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'd also like to give a shout out to Tracy and Holly of Stuff You Missed in History Class, who have a great episode on the Meatball Sisters. So take a listen.
And if you are so inclined, you can send us an email at unpopular at iheartmedia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.